from the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs Podcast. Welcome back, Chiefs Kingdom. We have a great show for you today. Uh, after a couple of trials and tribulations, we're going to talk with Seth about what we saw on film, what the takeaways are, and how we're going to move forward in terms of uh, expectations for this team against the Bengals and beyond. Um, we are going to talk with, with Chris in particular about the Jeff Allen signing. Uh, he didn't get to chime in on that. We want to go over that a little bit here in a minute. But first, a little bit of good news came down. Um, as expected, uh, Barry Houston and Mitch Morris are not practicing, but everybody else came back. Uh, Cam Irving has a quad. Anthony Hitchens is still working on the groin, as is uh, D Ford, but they practiced. Uh, and the big thing... Tano Passigno and Eric Murray practiced as well. And that's really what they needed to see. Uh, I think Lucas has played well. I think Murray gives them uh, a stouter safety package, somebody that they can use who has some more experience. And I I really want to see the two of them on the field together with Ron Parker playing deep. Uh, I think they can get some good things done. I'm looking forward to that combination. Uh, Dan Sorensen is still there, and they said they they might even get a chance to bring him back this year. They didn't get a full evaluation of where he's at but hinted that he may become available again. So we'll see what happens with him as well. Uh, and then also, Tano Passanio. They need pass rush. They have to have a rotation without Houston in there. Uh, I think Speaks needs uh, to play not quite so many snaps, although I think it's great that he's getting that experience. I think Tano gives him another weapon. Uh, so they are pretty much set to go. So uh, but why don't we get into it? Let's talk about the changes, and then we'll go from there. So Kansas City made a move on Tuesday, bringing back – Guard Jeff Allen. I guess I shouldn't say guard. Offensive lineman Jeff Allen. Uh, it'll be very interesting to see how they play him moving forward. Yeah, I mean, no offense to Jeff, but he's been out a little bit, you know? Like, So I, I can't think that this is a signing because they're unhappy with what they saw from Devin and Wiley, uh, Devi and Wiley. Um, in fact, in the RGR film, I'm going to show some of that this week. Uh, if you, it may be up by the time you guys hear this. But, you know, I, I think it was solid, especially in the run game. So I feel like this is really an emergency thing. Like, if Debbie were to get hurt and you had to put Irving at center, which I think is what they would have to do, you know, you need a guard. And and it's it's Khalil McKenzie back there, but we know that he's a project. So, I mean, am I wrong or do you see it some other way? No, I definitely see that it is probably something that they're just protecting their bases at this point. I don't think that they're expecting him to come in and start, although I – guess it's certainly a possibility that uh, they put him at starter. I mean, yes, he's been out for a while, uh, but he was dealing with ankle injuries. He wasn't healthy throughout the beginning part of the season. Uh, It's possible he knows the system. He could step in and start at right guard if they decide that they want to go that direction instead of having Wiley play, which I don't expect them to do, but I wouldn't be surprised by it. Yeah, I mean, and Jeff had some some decent time down in Texas. Um, I wouldn't say that he improved when he went down there. Uh, and really, the only reason—I'm sorry—the only reason the Chiefs moved on, I feel like it was contractual. It was absolutely contractual in my mind. Uh, they couldn't afford to pay him the the rate that he was getting on market. So, it makes sense to me that they brought him back because at this point, he's just trying to get into a position where he can get the next contract. I'm sure it's just a one year deal for uh, close to vet men. Yeah, and we'll see the details when they come out. And, you know, it brings me to to another thing that they haven't done, at least at the time of this taping. But, um, you know, it, it kind of caught me off guard. I didn't think it was going to happen. And I don't think that he has a, a playable role on this team in particular. 
I mean, maybe if you were really worried, because you don't seem to be giving Neiman any time, but if you could bring Derek Johnson back as a coach, like right now to, to help fix Hitchens and Raglan, you got to do it, don't you? I'm torn on that answer because as we're going to talk with Seth here shortly, um, I'm torn. And the reason I'm torn is because to me, I don't know that the issue is really Raglan and Hitchens near as much as it is the defense. Is Johnson going to be able to help them change uh, the way that they're being asked, asked to play? At least from what we are looking at, it looks like it's more of a situation where they're being asked to do what they're doing as opposed to just reacting to the way things were done. Um, I mean, I would bring him back in a coaching role, but I don't know how much he's going, how much effect he's going to have if they're still asking them to do the same things that they're asking what it appears they're asking them to do right now. Well, I, I agree with you. It, it does look like they're hesitating for a reason or they're reading uh, certain things that take longer. I'm just wondering if, these are things that Derek's been asked to do by Bob in the past, and maybe he has some insight that can help them. Uh, possibly, but at the same time, Derek Johnson has speed that neither of them do. Uh, and that's, that's another thing we talked about with Seth. And, yes, we kind of recorded with Seth before we're doing this segment, so uh, just know I do kind of know what's coming up. Uh, but it's a great segment on on talking about um, you know the inside linebackers and the issues that they're having. Uh, at the time that we recorded with Seth, we did not know that Derek Johnson was – going to be released. So that's a new piece of information. I do think that he could be a valuable coach. Uh, I think he's probably going to get a job somewhere. Uh, I'm not sure where, but I think he's probably going to play at least the rest of the season. Uh, I could be wrong on that though. I just don't think he's going to be able to come in and, and change anything unless the defensive philosophy changes. And that's fair. And folks, give Seth your best. You know, he's dealing with the family thing, and our schedules haven't been on sync this week. So uh, we'll look to get back to normal next week. Uh, but for now, this is what we talked about uh, just last night uh, in some pretty important stuff about what we saw out there. So let's take a quick second, tell you about our sponsors, and we'll come back and get into that. Are you looking to reach new customers? I could be mentioning your business right now. Podcast listeners are 60% more likely to interact with their sponsors than on web pages or other forms of media. Our demographic is 98% males and offers more opportunities than traditional media audiences. Have your company sponsored this podcast today. Email us at lockedonchiefs at gmail.com. You need to go check out Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats is an online ticket marketplace dedicated to providing fans of live entertainment with experiences that can last a lifetime. With Vivid Seats, listeners can watch their favorite teams and artists perform in person. Vivid Seats helps fans find their seats to any of their favorite live events, including sports, concerts, theater, and more. They offer great prices and an easy, easy purchasing experience. With the podcast code Locked On, listeners can receive $20 off orders of $200 or more if they are a first-time customer of Vivid Seats. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app Enter promo code locked on to receive $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. All Vivid Seats confirmed orders are backed by 100% money back guarantee. I am Chris Clark, your co host, and I have with me today Ryan Tracy of RGR Football and Seth Kaiser, who writes for a place, uh, I think it's The Athletic. It's it, might be the, it might be The Atlantic. I'm not okay. sure. 
Okay. It's a uh, whole different topic. <laughs> it's a whole different thing. I, I, I still, I still have people congratulating me at my writing job at the Atlantic. That's awesome. Yeah, it's hilarious. How's it going, fellas? Good. Good. Well, it's good to talk to you If Kansas City would have uh, had the ball last, it'd be a lot better right now. But hey, I'm not even mad. Not even mad. That game was so much fun. I had a blast watching Mahomes stand and trade like that. I, here's the deal. The Chiefs went into Foxborough without their two best defensive players in their top, like, what, four safeties? Um, they lost two offensive linemen. I mean, LDT was already out. And they played a Patriots team that was completely healthy, didn't get one penalty called on it all night, and they still needed Brady to close out like the GOAT to win the game. And that's with Mahomes playing his crappiest half of football of his life. Or not his life, his career. I saw that Iowa State game back in the day. Yeah, of his, on, career, <laughs> of, of his NFL career. And so, th- again, worst half of Patrick Mahomes' career. Missing your two best defensive players of all your safeties. Couple of your offensive linemen against a completely healthy Patriots team in Foxborough. And they need a last-minute drive to beat you. I'm telling you, that was. there's a reason why the national NFL world over the last few days has been gushing about Patrick Mahomes, even more so than after like, you know, a six touchdown day. Let me, let me add to you another uh, stat for you, Seth. This is from BJ, our buddy BJ Kissel. Despite ultimately coming up short, the chiefs 31 second half points had never happened to a bill Belichick defense. It, that and that's amazing. They they had no answer, and that was that's the beauty of it that it happened in the second half, not the first half. Because had it happened in the first half, people would be saying, "Oh, you know, Belichick figured out the figured out the kid." It looked like the kid figured out Belichick, and I mean, it, it was unbelievable. It showed when Mahomes is on, he is unstoppable, unstoppable. There's not a defense in this league that can stop Mahomes and the Chiefs when Mahomes is on his game. Let me ask you this, though, Seth. When Tyree Kill took off for that 75-yard touchdown pass, did you think that the game was over and the Chiefs weren't going to win? Yes. Just Yeah, just based on the fact that they were getting it back? It was it was too much time. They had three timeouts. Um, I had some faith. The defense has stepped up in those situations, but they were just – they were getting beat up. And, That's I mean – yeah, I know. I know. I, they were there in the first quarter again. I don't know. The, the defense played fine in the first quarter, and then all of a sudden, pew! <laughs> um, well, you look at it, they had 78 snaps as a defense last night. Yeah, maybe they were shot. Or I mean, it's, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Let's, let's get yeah. into the details, though, because I know you're working on something, and I, I, wa- I want to talk about this. Oh, yes. Let's talk about Well, yeah. So Anthony Hitchens' article that dropped uh, yesterday um, – I, I, it's not an all 22 review because the all 22 wasn't available when I was looking at it. So I didn't like chart every snap, but I did look at every snap and, and I, I just want to take a look at what is going on with Anthony Hitchens, especially because Hitchens was signed to be part of the solution and he has been part of the problem. And against the Patriots that really showed up. Now, Hey, Hey, look, he had some good plays, but he had a lot more bad plays. And I, I, for me, I mean, I, Ryan, I'd be curious what your thoughts are on Hitchens, and then you know, I'll, I'll tell you what the truth is. Okay, that's <laughs> that's beautiful. Well, let let me start because he's not alone. Reggie has the same issue, yeah. and, and I commented during the game, and this is the thing that really bothers me when they're on. Like we saw a couple of plays that they flashed in the second half yeah. when they attack gaps, when they attack the run, they're fine. That's what inside linebackers are made to do. 
They didn't. They were hesitant. They waited for blocks to come to them and then tried to shed, and it was ugly. It was so ugly. Something changed. Yeah, right? Something changed in the second half, and Reggie got a little bit better. I didn't see Hitchens do that that much, but here's my thing, and I said it yesterday. Anthony Hitchens didn't just forget how to play inside linebacker all of a sudden. Something is going on, and it's it's systemic, and that's why the conversation always shifts the way it does. But what did you see? Real Uh, quick, though, Ryan, I I have to throw something out. I know, Seth, you want to get to this. I have to ask the question. You were very critical of the Hitchens signing because of his ability to cover running backs out of the backfield and his ability ability to man up. But that's not what we're talking about here. You were happy with the signing because of the way he attacked and he played the run. Yep. I just wanted to clarify that before, Seth. Sure. Sorry, go ahead. And, and Ryan, I corroborates everything. Yeah. I think. Well, oh, of course. And Ryan and you and I disagreed initially about uh, Hitchens' efficacy in pass defense. And so far, you've been way more right than I was. But I, I stand by this. I so one thing I did, and I didn't include a ton of it in the article, other than to just talk about it and, and click and have a couple links. When the Chiefs signed Hitchens, I reviewed a ton of his games and wrote about it for my for my old stomping grounds. And he looks. If you just go back and watch some Dallas film and watch number 59 he looks like a different player and i'm not he like is it that it's stark? that stark it is that stark now he still has a few plays where he gets caught in the open field and you can see okay no he's not a keekly he's not Derek johnson he's not a great athlete but he's a good athlete at least he looked like it he looked like an all right athlete he looked like he could get around he did play some man on running backs it wasn't his strength but he wasn't god awful doesn't look like he belongs in the nfl bad and that's what he looked like against James White on multiple plays. It was so ugly. And so if you look, he's yeah. just a different player. And you kind of alluded to that too. And there's something that's going on with him. I don't know what it is because – and so one thing that I did is I took a look at like – because it's happening with Raglan too. I took a look at Jordan Lucas and I compared him when he's in the box how quickly he's reacting to the run. And Jordan Lucas, yeah, he's a three-year veteran, but it's not like he's played a ton. He hasn't played nearly as much as Hitchens. He's he was identifying the run and took two steps before Hitchens and Raglan started to move. Now they they were I mean they they were setting up. Don't get me wrong; it's like they were just standing there completely still. But the blockers came to them, whereas Lucas at least got a little bit of a shoulder into Gronk. Not that it mattered because he was being blocked by Gronk and he weighs two hundred and ten <laughs> pounds. You know, sometimes the size of the dog in the sometimes the size of the dog in the fight is downright dispositive. Sometimes that's all that matters. <laughs> Um, but you see the difference, and here's the thing. People say, well, maybe Hitchens is worried about coverage. Lucas was supposed to be covering Gronk that play. He was worried well, about coverage too. I have a theory. You want to hear it? I'd love to hear your theory. I think the new kid didn't listen to Bob. I think the new kid was reacting and attacked what he saw. And I think for some reason, and we've seen it over years past, that I, I don't know if, if Bob Sutton is – petrified of play action or what the deal is, but the linebackers are slow to attack the run. And I just don't get it. It, And it's, it's consistently a problem. And you see it with both Hitchens and Ragland. And again, I would tell anyone turn on the tape of Dallas, then watch a couple of these chiefs games. Now it could be systemic because I'm seeing a lot of hesitation that just a lot of thinking going on. And now we're six games in, right? The first three or four games, well, they didn't play much in the preseason. They didn't practice much in the preseason. Now we're six games in. We're six. We're, we're a month and a half of practice. He should know the system well enough to not be hesitating that much. And I would say, you know, safeties have traditionally done fairly well in Sutton's system. 
Mm-hmm. Inside linebackers, other than Derek Johnson, and I guess you could argue Akeem Jordan did all right for a year. But even Akeem Jordan, he had a really specific role to play. And I would just say inside linebackers in Bob Sutton's system, besides Derek Johnson, have never played well. And Derek Johnson is a freak. Derek well, Johnson, he's just too good. So you're saying Ragland didn't play well last year at times? Because I thought he at least flashed last year. He flashed. And you're not, and you're not he, seeing it this year. He flashed. And he, I mean, he flashed Sunday night. I mean, you, you know, you saw right. him have, yeah, have a great one, And that's the thing. He flashed more last year. But last year I saw a lot more snaps where he was just attacking downhill. Yeah, um, see, but again, I think new guy in the defense doing what he's always done. Mm-hmm. Now he's a leader on this defense fo- trying to follow what his coordinator is telling him. And that's, I mean, that's not a bad theory. Now, here's the only thing that has me a bit hesitant on that. Well, actually, we're coming up on time where we need to take a break. Let's take a break, and then I'm going to tell you my theory why it might not just be systemic. Real quick, Seth, I have to throw one thing in there. You realize that uh, the number 31 defensive coordinator in the league just got canned on Monday? I did not realize that. And how dare you? I made such a professional segue into a break, and you killed it. You killed it, Christopher. You're welcome. Why? You know what? I we're. You know what? I'm going to go pout during this break, see how I'm bringing it back around again, and then we'll come back and talk about why it might not be just systemic. Isn't it crazy how much we pay for new brand-name clothes? Why do we go buy new kids' clothes if they just outgrow them in a few months? Wouldn't it be great if there was a place to discover awesome discounts on gently used clothes? Well, there is. Swap.com, the world's largest online consignment and thrift store. Stop driving to the store after store and sifting through racks. Easily sift through millions of clothes in seconds on Swap.com with easy-to-use filters to find just what you need. Over 14 million tons of textiles are wasted each year. Shopping secondhand at Swap.com helps prevent textile waste from polluting the environment, which is something you can feel good about. With Swap.com, you can save up to 90% off retail price on your favorite brands like Lululemon, Carter's, Nike, J. Crew, and Gap. Quality, hand-inspected items are added on a daily basis. If something doesn't fit, enjoy hassle-free returns within 30 days. We have a special offer for our listeners. Get 35% off select items for your first order with promo code Locked On. That's 35% off with promo code Locked On. Plus, find new deals every day on Swap.com's homepage. All right, we're back, and Chris didn't take it from me this time. How I still could. It's just, I, <laughs> oh, trust me, I don't hear about it. No, don't. <laughs> so here, here, here's the one, the one issue that I have with the idea that it's purely systemic is Hitchens looks more uncomfortable in space than he did in Dallas. Now, here again, that could still be a thinking issue, right? He still is hesitating, and so it causes him to arrive later there's one video clip i made where when james white caught the ball hitchens was still like nine yards away from him unless you're keekly or dj that ain't gonna end well for you and even with them it probably will end poorly now hitchens got put in a complete clown suit and that really sucked to watch but he looks lumbery he looks slow now that can be explained by one of two things in my mind. Well, there's there's a third possibility, but I'm going to rule that one out. The first possibility, the one that I rule out, I've had a lot of people say, well, Hitchens got paid. He doesn't care anymore. Everyone I talk to from Dallas, from fans, from analysts, from beat reporters, they were like, hey, you know, Hitchens isn't an all pro, but that dude, he is a football player. Like, I, he, he is, like, I even asked, was well, he the type that's going to get paid? And, you know, kind of, no, no way. That dude's hungry. And you even saw, I mean, training camp, he was lighting guys up. 
preseason too. And isn't it interesting when he, yeah, when he was new in the system, which man, man, Ryan's got us all paranoid. <laughs> anyway, so I, I, I rule that out. I just don't think that's him. It doesn't seem like him. It's never been his reputation. So you got one or two things. It's either mental or it's physical. He's either still a little injured or something. Or he is just getting petrified. And at a certain point, I have defended Bob Sutton repeatedly. I've blamed execution failures repeatedly. But at a certain point of linebackers are showing the same hesitation over and over and over. And we saw it with Derek Johnson last year, too, when he was finally not so freakishly fast that it didn't matter. Let let me ask you both this question. And I know it's an over-exaggeration because I can't really think of anybody who'd be farther away from Bob Sutton's attitude, but... If Wade Phillips walks into this defensive room to call a game next week, <laughs> I thought you were going to say Rex Ryan. Oh, I'm getting oh, no, he no wanted worry. to. Just because you uh, love Rex Ryan. Sorry. But <laughs> sa- same idea, though. If Wade Phillips walks in and calls this defense next week, the Chiefs have the talent to execute, I feel. And I think they're a drastically different team. Yes. I agree. I think they're okay. a different team. I, I just don't know. <laughs> I think they're still suffering at safety, and I think the linebackers are still going to be uh, giving up plays to the running backs, but I do think it looks better. They're not giving up 30 points a game. I, Yeah, I, 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 I agree. I just don't see this same kind of complete disaster. They are on pace to shatter the NFL records in yards. And I understand it's a new league, it's a new whatever, but I mean, they're on pace to just destroy it. And they're giving up points too. I, it's just tough to imagine. Now, Wade Phillips is the best there is, right? Like as far as defensive coordinators go. Yes, currently. But there are a lot of coordinators. I mean, to me, it's just not hard to imagine a coordinator coming in and doing a better job at least in terms of the inside linebackers. And then also, I mean, defensive linemen seem to consistently peak in this system as well. (laughs) Chris Jones has the talent to dominate games, and he doesn't. Now, he still impacts them, but I I just, I don't know. There's something going on here. There's some kind of, I was, you know, I was talking to Briscoe, um, and, you know, his theory is that you've got so many guys trying to do so many things that you almost end up doing none of those things well, which is an oversimplification, but I think it kind of makes sense. Versatility taken to its extreme, you mean? Yeah, well, like you, when you're asking Justin Houston to, you know, you might need to set the edge, but you might also need to play contain. We might have you drop into coverage if they have this formation, or you can rush the passer. I mean, a split second in the NFL is everything. A half second is a is 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 infinity amount of time. If you have to think for half a second, that is enough time for an offensive lineman to get to you, oh, yeah. and it's over. And even and I just you just wonder why you're seeing guys like Hitchens come here and look markedly worse. Why does Reggie Ragland look markedly worse after a year in the system? Why, what's, why is Chris Jones appearing, unless you really go in depth on film and you kind of take a look, to kind of, you know, he's still very good, but he's not, his talent says he should be like a top five defensive lineman. What, what, what's happening here? Why is Justin Houston so often seem to be playing a passive role? Well, and I think eventually. Sorry, go ahead. 
No, no, I rambled. I, I was just going <laughs> to say, I think if you look, and I'm a little bit buying into Ryan's theory, and I guess my reasoning behind that is if you look at what they were able to do in the preseason, I understand preseason football doesn't matter. But when they went vanilla on defense, when they weren't asking their players to really do anything, they shut down the run pretty well. I thought this was going to be a much better team against the run. I I concur, and they looked better early. So I guess what I'm saying is I, I know I know we're short on time. I I'm the time guy today. I don't know what happened. Well done. I'm like, thank you. Um, I I would just say. There's something going on here, and it's happened often enough that at a certain point you got to start blaming the coordinator. And I've finally started to come around. I know a lot of people are going to be telling, oh, that's your boy and all that. You know, I wanted them to replace Sutton. For me, I think the move now is gather as much talent as possible because Sutton has shown he can have a good defense with tons of talent Um, because this offense is good enough to win a Super Bowl this year. Mm -hmm. And so do something because what they're doing, the status quo, isn't working. Would that game have been different with Justin Houston on the field? Probably. But you can't rely on perfect health. you got to be able to play without your superstars occasionally, or at least some of them. Um, So I I just – I, you know – I would love for them – the Arizona Cardinals have some really useful defenders on their team. Um, I would love to – well, they I, I love some of their guys. I, I'm i telling you, yeah, I say they call them and ask, hey, what about Chandler Jones? Just why not? Ask about everyone. <laughs> See what happens. I still would rather them go get Landon Collins personally, but that's me. Uh, Landon <laughs> Collins, they should be calling these teams whose seasons are done. And I'm telling you, they've got two second rounders. So if they don't have a first rounder next year, you know what? It's not the end of the world. I agree. And Offer a first round. Patrick Peterson yeah. is worth one. Oh, absolutely. He's he's on contract for another two years after this year. That's a relatively good deal for a corner. You 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 throw him out there, and hey, for as much hate as we're giving the the, the inside linebackers, and we're pre- we're taking it a little easy on the corners because they've played above expectations. But the reality is, there were three or four deep shots given up by corners in the game that Patrick Peterson probably doesn't give up. Well, and I'm just going to throw this out there. Could you imagine if they could find a way to have Patrick Peterson, Kendall Fuller, and Steven Nelson as their three starters next year? Yeah, that, that's that's great. That, that that works just fine. And I love what Skandrick's done. And for this season, look, Steven Nelson has been in the defense for a while. Yep. You could say, look, man, we need you to take on a more – a, a, a certain role, not necessarily safety, but we, you know, we want you to cover tight ends or, or Scandrick. We want you to cover tight ends, blah, blah, blah. The things that some of the safeties are struggling with. And then they'll let Jordan Lucas play up top. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because Lucas, honestly, he looks like he might be a godsend, but I mean, that allows him, you can't tell me Nelson can't do those things. And it just it gets more talent on the field, and that's what you need with Bob Sutton. That's what it's showing. You got to be talented enough to overcome his deficiencies. Yeah, I agree, and that that leads to, folks. Nothing's going to happen during the season. You, I don't care. I, I know somebody just did it, but this team is not going to replace the defense coordinator in the middle of the season. Andy no. Reid won't do it. I'm just I, telling yeah, you right I, now. I can't see Reid doing that. I don't think there's any precedent for him doing that. No, none, none at all. I mean, he'd make a defensive coordinator, an offensive line coach first, right? So, yeah. I mean, <laughs> come on. But but they can add talent, and it's worth exploring. 
Um, yep. Come the off season, all bets are off. And, you know, me and Sexy Rexy are going to sit down and have a long discussion about what he can do. <laughs> and don't worry, I'll make sure that doesn't end up on the podcast. So I'm excited to hear it. I, 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 I think that should be take so call me maybe yeah so we'll we'll see what happens but I really they they have to watch that game and say man we're good enough to beat anyone but that means you're good enough to beat anyone so just well, go I, for it I told Ryan after the game last night if in my opinion if Veach is watching this game he's got to say if I could go out and get one or two defensive pieces we have the ability to compete with anybody they already have the ability to compete with anybody, though. And so, they, and so to even add to that, they have the ability to beat everyone. Okay. There's, no, there's no superstar team in the NFL this year. Yes, the Rams are undefeated, but they've looked very mortal recently. After, a few, mm-hmm. after the first four weeks of looking amazing, the Chiefs are mortal. The Patriots are mortal. The Jaguars, I mean, they're getting run lately. Um, the, the Vikings are mortal. This is a year, just like last year was an open window. This is an open window. And... God, if they waste another season of Patrick Mahomes' rookie deal, I am going to throw a, an adult tantrum. And I will be there to record it. Oh, it'll be fun. <laughs> Folks, that's going to do it for us today. I hope you enjoyed this. We will have more. We're going to look at the film. Seth will be back after we both watched it. Uh, maybe Chris will even have a chance. and We can argue some more about what needs to be fixed and what's really working that they need to emphasize. Uh, fellas, any parting thoughts? Nah. Okay. <laughs> Nope, I'm good. Well, that's it for us, folks. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Subscribe to the show on iTunes or Google Play. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Chiefs. Check out my work at RGR Football on YouTube, Chris's work on LockedOnChiefs.com, and all of Seth's film analysis at TheAthletic.com. Thanks for listening.